You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hi, everybody. Welcome to MLB.com Extras. I'm Matthew Leach, talking Atlanta Braves with MLB.com's Braves beat reporter Mark Bowman. Mark, uh, you have been around this team a long time, and so far as I know, you haven't seen anything like this. Um, it's very early. But I do want to start by just talking some big picture stuff. You you had a piece uh, very recently about with Freddie Gonzalez kind of talking about handling all of this. It's one thing to say at sort of an organizational level, and everybody didn't know it, that this is a rebuilding process, that you are building towards something that, look, this year could be a long year. It's another thing to have two seven-game losing streaks already within the first month of the season. So what I really want to know to start with is how, at an organizational level, GM, manager, they are handling just this, the struggle and the stress of being 4-16. and 16. Now, There is certainly a lot of frustration throughout the, the, the front office. You know, you started all the way up to the top with, with Terry McGirt, John Sherholz, John Hart, uh, John Copalella has engineered this this rebuild, and, and I, it is heading in the right direction. And but at the same time, when you were, I heard Peter Gammon say this about uh, Billy Bean yesterday. He said, "Rebuild sounds great during the winter when everyone is reading all the prospect pieces. It's very painful during the season." With that being said, I don't think anybody could have expected these first twenty games to be this painful. You know, uh, to win. Four of your first 20 games, uh, and three of those being in one city. Uh, this is, is certainly <clears throat> been with the toughest, you know, process that or, or stretch that, that Freddie Gonzalez has ever gone through. And, and we're, we're in a position now where they have to start at least thinking: Do they need a managerial change? If you change managers, that's not going to change the fact that you do not have power, you do not have pitching depth. You basically have two guys in your rotation right now, Bud Norris and. Uh, Julius Jacin, who are probably going to be out of the rotation within the next month, and that that is part of the rebuilding process. Is we're going to see some more kids come up, whether that's Michael Nevich, uh, maybe a little bit too early for Lucas Sims, but, but it, it does not. The fans do not want to see something like this. Like you said, you got two seven-game losing streaks this early in the season. That the nine-game losing streak, we go back to that. There were probably three or four games I can point to where. They had chances to win. Maybe you questioned some of Freddie's decisions this last week uh, when they were playing the Dodgers and the the Mets and the Red Sox. There, there were plenty of those games where you walked away and just said this team is is overmatched. There, there are like I said, you know, we've harped on this the lack of power. They've got three home runs this season, haven't hit one since April 10th. It's not just the lack of home runs. This team is slugging percentages of like 280. They, they've got 30 extra base hits, and Nick Marcakis has nine of those. Nobody else has more than three. Um, pitching depth, they're, they're bullpen. You look, you've got a road to this guy. You know, Tim Johnson pitched better. Uh, Eric O'Flaherty's, you know, had his struggles. So, basically, you've got two late-inning guys that you can rely on. Jason Grilly is probably nothing more than a sixth-inning piece, you know, seventh-inning piece every once in a while. Uh, you, you can't afford to have that kind of bullpen when you have this kind of rotation. So, uh, yes, that there may that this may cost Freddie Gonzalez his job, but at the end of the day, let's let's not kid ourselves. He's uh, he doesn't have a lot to work with with this roster this year. One thing that would make 
I mean, it wouldn't solve everything by any stretch, but it would make this offense look a lot better, and we wouldn't be talking about historic kinds of, of numbers on offense, is to get Freddie Freeman right. The problem is I don't see any indication that Freddie Freeman is getting close to right. He's slugging 275, and, you know, he's, he's taking his walks and he's getting some base hits, especially recently. But uh, for this team to, to be even pretty decent, Freeman has to be not just a guy who gets hits and gets on base, but hits for power. Um, look, I've, I've talked, we've talked about this before, about the issues of dealing with a hitter's hands or wrists, and those are not things that go away quickly. Um, they're real problems. To what extent, and, and I'm sure Freeman says I feel fine because that's what players say, but to what extent is there concern that this is not just a slump, but that this guy's still not physically right? Right, and I think that is exactly right. He, he may feel physically fine, and I was glad last week when, when when he first started struggling, he said, look, I don't know what's going on. You know, my, my arm's tight. Last week what he acknowledged was what he believes happened is subconsciously he was trying to protect that hand, the wrist. Uh, as he was going through spring training, he's developing bad habits as to where you look back at Freddie Freeman's swing, you know, there's a lot of wrist and, and hand snap in that swing where, where he, he's, you know, probably more than more than usual uh, with any other player. And I, I think he was, what he, the way he described it is his swing became more too armly instead of too handsy, let's say it that way. And um, have I seen a few swings the last week that, that are a little bit different? Yeah, I mean, there are – and there's an occasional sign, but at the same time, sometimes that's on a on an off-speed pitch, or for the most part, we've seen that on an off-speed pitch. We have not been able to see him catch up to the fastball like he did in the past. And and you, you, you thought during the early part of spring training, okay, he's going to be fine because he's well for the first two weeks. But but this, this these struggles really go back to he had a two-homer game, I believe it was on March 17th. And from the rest of, over the rest of spring training, I believe he went one for 20. So, uh, he did homer in his first plate appearance this year. He hasn't uh, hit one since then. And, you know, yes, his average is up above 200, but, but it's like you said, a couple of these hits are, are not what, you're, what you need from Freddie Freeman, one, one being a bunch single the other night just to beat the shift and, and probably mentally just to, to, to get out of – to help him get, just get out of his funk. But um, I, I – yeah, I mean, without Freddie Freeman, this offense, even even if everyone else was living up to expectations, even if you didn't have Eric Ibar being basically the, the worst offensive uh, player in the game this year, if you, if you didn't have – weren't dealing with Hector Oliveira not being around without an arrest. If everything else had gone according to plan and Freddie Freeman was doing this, this offense would still be struggling. So, yeah, I mean, they need to get him going. Now. Has, has there been an occasional sign here recently? Uh, there's been a swing or two here where he said, okay, he, he might be getting it back. Uh, but, but right now, you know, he's far from the Freddie Freeman that the Braves need. Is there any thought, and, and I asked this, they, they bump him down in the order, and that's one thing, but it seems to me that when you see guys who've dealt with this kind of thing, you look at, like, Teixeira, I believe that first year back, it was going well, and then it kind of faded. I, I've always gotten the impression, I never dealt with this, and of course I couldn't hit anyway, but always got the impression that this was the kind of thing that would, could be cumulative. You play a lot in a row, you get fatigue, you get slower, you get some discomfort. 
is there any thought to starting to sprinkle in some days off for him? I realize the last thing they want is to try and score runs without him, but is there any thought to start doing some preventative maintenance and, and give him a day or two here and there to rest? Because even if he's not feeling pain, I sort of get the impression with these kinds of injuries that they do become cumulative even in the recovery phase. I, I think that's a good point. I think that goes back to what I, you know, I was saying in, in November when, you know, there was talk in operators trying to trade him. I was like, well, why would a team be willing to trade for a guy who's coming off a wrist injury? And, and even if you saw him go wild in spring training, you'd have to take a step back and say, you know, why are you going to trade for this guy until you get a chance to see him play on a daily basis? And what you're getting at, I, I think, is you know, once you start playing on a daily basis, the, the, the natural or fatigue that, that you're going to experience while this hand is still – you know, regaining the strength that, that it, it uh, lost last year when, when he basically, you know, didn't miss the final four months of last season, but he dealt with the injury uh, throughout. He, he basically didn't do anything uh, swing-wise during the offseason. I, I think you bring up a good point. At the same time, you know, if you're 4-16, and 16, that's a, that's pretty difficult to, to take a chance on taking him out of the lineup when, when he is one of your – few guys, but, but I, I do think that that could benefit him if, if the, these struggles uh, continue. They, they need to start thinking about giving him one day off per week for maybe a, maybe a few weeks just to, in hopes of uh, allowing that, that risk to, to recover and re-strengthen in, a, in the manner that it needs to. Let's, let's end this on a high note. Let's, well, there, there is some positive to talk about, and the most specific one is Aaron Blair. He looked rather good. Um, and, and I thought not only pitched well stuff and location, but showed poise because he didn't get off to the best start. He was in a little trouble. He recovered uh, and lasted to pitch a very nice game. What did you see from Blair in his major league debut? You know, I, I think that's exactly what I saw, a guy with, with good composure. Uh, like you said, he, he came out his first few fastballs were 90 miles per hour. He, he, you could tell he was, you know, just the, the kind of nerves you would expect. He gave up Singles to two of the first three hitters he faced, three of the first five, and, and then got into a group. I I think that, uh, and along the way, what he showed was a guy that they can pinpoint that 92, 93-mile-per-hour fastball. We we have, we, you, you expect maybe to see him, uh, that velocity to go up just a little bit more. He's missed some bats in the, in the minor leagues. The other night, what he did, or during his debut on Sunday afternoon, what he did was he, he was not afraid to pitch to contact, and he continued to uh, – he pitched well into that sixth inning. The next day I was talking to Tom Glavin, and he, he was saying, hey, look, I really like this kid, and, and talked about the composure, the changeup, uh, just the ability to throw strikes. It's uh, you know, He's a kid with a bright future. Maybe they have pitchers like Max Freed, uh, Tuki Toussaint, Colby Allard, and maybe those are the aces of the future, but, but Aaron Blair is a – uh, it's the kind of guy that, that can fit in that middle of that rotation for many years to come and be an asset. All right. Well, Mark Bowman, thanks for taking some time to talk here on MLB.com Extras, and thanks, everybody, for listening. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. 
Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.